Well, I don't know about you, Kevin Barker, but after a game like that, there's really only one thing to do. That's great. We didn't even have to get the plunger out. 9-1 the Yankees beat the Blue Jays at the Rogers Center today. The Jays have lost two games in a row for the first time this year. They are going to get their first series loss this year. The only thing that stands between them and a sweep is you say Kikuchi. Everybody run out and light a candle right now. <laughs> so, Kevin, let's talk about that inning. Let's talk about the six-run inning the Yankees put together. Um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Alec Manoa. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all sorts of things. 590-590 is the text line. Uh, the text line has lit up. We will get to the text line, promise. But I want to talk about the play that will be the dominant talking point, I think, tonight. The play at home involving Vladdy, Alejandro Kirk, and Matt Chapman. Now, my first thought, Kevin, is, and, and let's deal with it right away, because there was some discussion on social media. The ball is hit by Jose Trevino. There's some thought that perhaps Vladdy should have gone to second, that they should have started Attempted to start a double play. Hey, you played first base. We've seen, you know, I know that you went over this play. So let's start there, first of all. Before we get into how Alejandro Kirk really is the guy that messed this all up, let's talk about Vladdy and that play and why he, he, he really had no other choice. Yeah, okay. Everything that you do on a baseball field is determined by what the scoreboard will tell you. You have to say, okay, it's it's the seventh inning. We're having trouble scoring runs. It's a three to one score. We're down. It's first to third with one out. You have a, a decent runner at third base. You have an above average runner at first base, and and Connor Falefa. Okay, you're you're looking at your shortstop. You're going ball hit hard to me, right at me. I'm coming to you. It's called communication. You yell into your your catcher. You go ball hit softly to me because we're down. We're having a tough time scoring runs. It's late in the game. I'm coming to you. That way, everybody knows the situation. That way, they can be on their tip on their tippy toes. They're ready to catch the ball. Everybody knows before the ball's actually hit. Now the ball's hit. It's not hit very hard. Trevino's that got jammed. That sort of in inside out swing. Vladdy has to move his feet a little bit. The only reason I say about the communication factor, you could tell they didn't do that because you could see the big view over top when they were showing it that Bo was late getting a second base. So the communication was not there. That's baseball 101. So Bo was late. Let's start there. Bo was late getting to second base. He, he was, but also the ball wasn't hit very hard. Okay. Uh, Connor Falefa is an above-average runner. It, it would have been a very tough play for Vladdy to create a little separation from the runner, clear himself to be able to throw the ball to second base. The runner will score. They're not turning that double play. So Vladdy did the right thing. Now it gets to Kirk. This is baseball 101 again. We go through these things in spring training over and over and over again. They always tell you a good rundown is one throw. That's what it is. It is the the catcher's deal. Whoever's catching the ball, wherever that base is at, no matter who it is. So the catcher 
which in this point is the catcher, catches the ball. You have to create the angle. So he's right-handed. He's going to step in fair territory because he wants a clear lane to throw the ball to the third baseman. Instead of what Kirk did, Kirk was sort of lollipopping down the line. He was jogging. He would pause. He'd start again. He would pump fake a couple of times. No. That's exactly what that runner wants you to do. He's trying to create a little havoc by the, the, the Gonzalez was backpedaling and he would start and stop, start and stop again. Easiest thing about run, rundowns is when in doubt, catch the baseball, hold the ball in the air, no pump faking, put your head down and run as hard as you can possibly run at the runner you want to get his momentum going towards that base and that way all the third baseman has to do is create a little momentum going towards the runner you throw the ball to the third baseman he runs up and tags the runner it's real simple no matter how fast that runner is how elusive he, he is it's up to the to the first guy who catches the baseball to get that runner going back to that base with as much momentum as possible to make it easier for the catcher guy that you're throwing it to to catch the ball, take a couple of steps, lean down, and tag the runner. Kirk did not do that. I have no idea what Kirk was thinking. It's almost like he's never been in a rundown before. And because of that reason is when you start getting havoc, people running from other positions, Vladdy's running down, trying to get a throw from Chapman, and then you saw what happened. The outcome was not very good, and it didn't have to be that way. The easiest thing to do is run the guy as hard as you can back to the base, throw the ball, third baseman leans over and tags the guy, the runner's out. Yeah, and look, Ron Culpin missed the call. I mean, obviously, sure. Vladdy tagged him. I don't think I don't think he was outside the baseline, uh, the base path. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I mean, it's it's moot anyhow because Charlie had already used his challenge. But um, the yeah, the the umpire blew the call. But at the same time, probably shouldn't have been in a position where you needed the umpire to make a call on that play. If Kirk Absolutely does what not. he's supposed it- to do, you take it out of the umpire's hands there. You'd be very aggressive running the guy back to third base. If you do that, nothing wrong can happen because now you're giving the ball up with a guy's momentum going back to third base. When you give it to the third baseman, he can run after the guy and tag the guy. It's almost impossible for to – you know why you do that to get the runner going that way? Because it's almost impossible for him to stop – plant himself and start as fast as he can the other way it makes it easier for the guy that's receiving the baseball to run up take a couple steps and tag the runner that's why you get his momentum going as hard as you could possibly get it going that way kirk was lollipopping and lollygagging and doing whatever that thing he's doing by pumping his arm and gave gonzalez a chance to do the backpedaling and the start and the stopping and then you saw what happened it ended up costing the blue jays it was not a great night for the Jays defensively. Bo Bichette made another error. You can't make an error when Adam Simber's in the game. I mean, yeah, the ball is going to be in play with Adam Simber a lot of the times. Plays have to be made. He made another error. There was another throw that uh, pulled Vladdy a little bit off the bag. Uh, Alejandro Kirk again gets gets picked off first base down 7-1. I, stuff like that. <laughs> Stuff like that drives me nuts. Uh, to me, it just shows that the guy's the guy guy's head not wasn't paying in the attention game at that point. What's he's not going paying on? attention. He's not no. paying attention. He's probably still no excuse thinking. for it. You're a big leaguer. He's probably still thinking of the play. Um, yeah, it was not. It was the worst defensive inning the Jays have had all year, and it was compounded by 
uh, the missed call on the part of, of Ron Culpa, the, the call at first base that was not overturned. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I didn't see enough there quite frankly. Um, I, and either way, that's kind of a 50, 50 play. Um, but again, Kevin, all of that messiness aside, and, and I'm not taking anything away, it was messy. Uh, the Jays, again, did not did not get a hit when they needed it. Um, Bo had the RBI single, which was nice to see. Bo Bichette had two hits tonight. But they didn't get the hit. They didn't get the hit they needed. They didn't get the big hit. It's uh, They are now the worst team in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. They were actually coming into the game. And uh, that's where we are. The Yankees won 9-1. They won 11 in a row. 590-590 is the text line. Kevin, I do want to talk about Aaron Judge and his head-to-head battle with Alec Manoa. That was something. Uh, Aaron Judge saw 20 pitches and three at-bats against Alec Manoa. Hits a home run on a 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer after he's seen three sliders in a row for balls that he just spits at. Any I do, prob- I do, Go ahead. Well, I talk about I, that. Well, I, do, I, I do believe if you're Alec Manoa, and I'm sure if you ask him if you got him in a room by himself or or after the game, and and he said, would you if you had to do it over with, would you throw him three sliders in a row? If I'm an educated guesser, which is what Aaron Judge does, he's trying to guess along with Alec Manoa the whole night. That that electric sinker that he had tonight was almost unhittable, and Aaron Judge is trying to guess along where he's not getting that. He's trying to get something out over the plate where he can get his arms extended. And to throw him three sliders in a row, me personally, I'd rather have seen him throw maybe a couple in a row and then throw maybe a power sinker in, go back to the slider, or if you want to elevate the fastball then. But, again, this is Aaron Judge, a great hitter. He's not a good hitter. He's yep. a great hitter. He, he does <laughs> things to baseballs that most human beings can't do. And when you make a mistake, you throw a ball down the middle, you got to sometimes tip your hat to a guy, that's a great battle. We're going to continue to see this now, if Aaron Judge is a, is a really Yankee was. and in the American League East, however long, if he signs a deal with the Yankees at the end of the season. This is something that's must-watch. You see Alec Manoa, he, he gets a little geared up. You know, that extra gear that he had against the big boys in the middle of that order, throwing 96, 97, 98 we saw tonight. This, so it was, it was must-watch TV. The sixth inning against Aaron Judge. 95-mile-an-hour two-seamer for a taken strike. 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer fouled off. 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer fouled off. 97-mile-an-hour four-seamer fouled off. Slider 82, slider 83, slider 83, home run on a 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer. I mean, that 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 is a classic, a classic pitcher-hitter battle. That, For a 6'7 dude to, to be able to get the arms extended on a fastball in to stay that compact with his swing to be able to get the head out. But Aaron Judge is, is – he's something else. Like the things he does being that big of a human being with, with the barrel awareness and, and with the, being able to manipulate the barrel and keep his hands inside the baseball and just – he's a smart dude. You can see that. He, he tries to think along with – Alec Bonneau's got nasty stuff. Like that sinker is – uh, it's unhittable. Like, if he's throwing it in there where he's throwing it, he throws it in there cause to, to set up the slider away to get some weak swings. But, again, that's that's must-watch. Every time those two get in battle, well, man, I'm tuning into that. Very uh, basic question from Joseph in Mississauga. 
and uh, I, I, he, he's asking what drills can coaches use to improve runners in scoring position. I, I don't know if there's a drill you can do, but I think his question can be looked at in a broader sense. We assume Teoscar Hernandez will be back on Thursday. He homered in his first at bat in Dunedin today. And I got to think the Dunedin guys chowed down on some. They got some outback after the game, right? Major uh, Leaguer goes uh, down so. to rehab in the minors. The Major Leaguer buys buys big big spread for the clubhouse. Those boys Absolutely. are probably doing Absolutely. Probably do what potato and, oh, and yeah. a salad and a big giant fillet and probably got that blooming onion thing. Oh, At least thirty man. of them, one per player. Anyhow, Teoscar's going to come back. That should help. But I, I know there's not one cure all for runners in scoring position, Kevin. And there isn't a drill you can use. But um, is it simply a matter, as we have said, that? And I admit we haven't. I haven't looked at least at the numbers since since the weekend or since midweek, but it was pretty noticeable that the two guys who were really scuffling when ru- with runners in scoring, scoring position were Bo and Chapman. Is their inability to hit with runners in scoring posi- position plus Teoscar's absence, is that it? Does that explain most of it? Well, Vladdy, Vladdy hasn't been good either. He's had some chances the last couple of days. George Springer's had some chances the last couple of days. Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s had some chances. For me, it's the willingness to – I don't want to say take what the pitcher gives you, but you know the plan now. If that guy's right-handed, they're going to throw things away from you. They're going to make you use a little bit of the other side of the field. And for whatever reason, I don't know, is it moving in the batter's box? Is it is it cheating? Is it do something to make the angle a little bit different to take that part of the plate away from a pitcher? And right now they're just not doing it. Consistently, one through nine is just not doing it. The the balls that they get down the middle and middle end ain't happening no more. Especially when it push comes to shove and they really need to get you out. It's going to be spinning it. It's going to be spinning it away from right-handed hitters. And for me, until the big guys at the top of that order start driving some baseballs the other way. I don't know if there's anything that you there, – there's nothing you can do off the field that, that would prepare you to, to you know, be able to either lay off of that, have a better at bat, hit those balls harder. I just think it's about creating more better angles for your barrel. And a lot of these guys are too far away from the plate to catch it, to, to try and extend out and hit those balls hard to the other side of the field. And you see in the results, it's not very good. 590-590 is the text line. We will get to your texts when we come back. 9-1, the Yankees have taken the second game of this three-game series. They will go for the sweep tomorrow. It's the first time the Jays have lost two games in a row this year. This will be their first series loss of the year. It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. Back in a minute on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. A reminder, as always, Blue Jays baseball is served up by Jack Link's Meat Snacks. And now we'll go to the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, you can build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. It's 19-plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. As we look at the standings, the New York Yankees in the American League East, the New York Yankees are 18 and 6. They have only started one other time, one other season with an 18-6 record in their history. That was 2003. They're 18 and 6, three and a half games up on the 15 and 10 Toronto Blue Jays. 
The Rays are on the West Coast. They are 13 and 10. Boston is 10 and 14, and nobody cares about the Baltimore Orioles. But they're 8 and 16. They're 8 and 16, if you're interested in that. Be nice. 9-1. Yeah. 9-1 for the Yankees over the Jays. As we mentioned, we will go back to the text line. 590-590 is the text line. A lot of people weighing in on Bo Bichette, predictably. Some want him to not be this team's shortstop, which, I mean, I just refuse to, I refuse to read any of those texts out because they're dumb. I mean, he's going to be the shortstop. It's like, it's, I, it's just, yeah, it, it's, I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it, you can have your opinion, but your opinion's wrong. Uh, some uh, have suggested perhaps it's time for Bo to DH. Um, Regan says it's probably time for for Mr. Bichette to DH a bit. His defense has really faltered of late. And he says also while I'm being negative, Collins can go down now. Uh, and and there's a lot of talk about the bullpen now. And and a couple of people like Ryan and Hamilton said the bullpen is terrible, Kevin, which I don't think it's terrible. Simber, Mesa, and Garcia are solid, but can you really trust them and trust them in a one run playoff game? He doesn't think you can. Romano's outstanding, obviously, but uh, he doesn't see anybody else you can trust in a one-run game in the late innings. Uh, Barker's shaking his head. I'm, I'm, I, I have said I need more swing and miss stuff out of the back end of this bullpen. I'm not saying I don't trust Adam Simber or Trevor Richards or Yimmy Garcia. I trust them in a playoff game. I'm. I'm not certain I trust them in the ninth inning of a playoff game. I'll put Tim Mays in there as well. I trust them to give me decent relief in the seventh and eighth inning, more than decent relief in the seventh and and eighth innings. But there are going to be occasions when Jordan Romano, never mind the playoff games, getting to the playoffs, there are going to be occasions where Jordan Romano can't go. And as we said on on Blair and Barker today, Kevin, I I, I don't know right now who my, my plan B is. I just don't. Probably by default, it's Garcia. Uh, he's probably not on the team. Would be my guess. If when you get to that time with, with the playoffs around the the trade deadline and, and into yeah, September, I you mean, and, you're in, and you're and yes. you're in the heat of yes. the you're in the heat of the playoff race, and you know you're going to run into the playoffs, they're going to have to make some changes and bring in some better arms. They they got quite a few seventh inning guys, and they got one ninth inning guy. Uh, let's be honest. That's a good way to th- put that, it. That that's exactly what they have. And to say that that you know what that could look like, just look at the Yankees. Look at the arms that the Yankees run out there. Now, when you when you think of a playoff bullpen, how could it get any better than what the Yankees got? Like, like I mean, I'll tell you about- what, Kevin, and it's not just the Blue Jays. The Red Sox don't have a playoff bullpen. Tampa Bay does, maybe. The Red Sox don't have a playoff bullpen. I mean, they just they, don't. They, Their bullpen's no better than the Blue Jays. They don't. A lot, a lot of the things, especially in April, I'm, I'm assuming that Ross Atkins was thinking, well, you know, we have a good enough bullpen, but we got a great offense. And our yeah, offense is, is going to make up for the bullpen. And right now the offense is just not but, where we all thought but, it should be. But also, or, Kevin, you know what? When you come out of spring training, like you bring these guys in for a reason. It's dumb to bring guys in in spring training and then decide two days into the season that they all stink and let's go and rebuild our bullpen. There's a reason you brought these guys in, especially now with analytics. There's a reason these guys aren't here because there were no other options. There are reasons that they are here. You let it play out. It's like the old story. There's three parts to the season. 
You start the season with what you have. You see what you have. You make the changes, and then you go in the final part of the I, season with the team I do. I have. do believe people are talking about when it comes September and in the playoffs that they're talking about the bullpen's not good enough. The, the bullpen right now is, is efficient enough, and they have different kinds of arms down there that they can beat teams in the American League. It, they're, these guys that are texting in and, and these people that are texting in, they're talking about when it comes push and shove and we have to match up against the best other teams middle of the order with a bunch of seventh inning guys. Well, yeah, that that for me is when I'm what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about during the regular season. They're going to figure Listen, this thing out. They're, they're going to run a bunch of arms in here. Nate Pearson comes back. He's going to help a lot. The high octane yeah. and he should be well rested and he's got a lot to prove. That'll help too. That'll, you know, he can he did hover throw in the around. He did, he did throw in the bullpen today, by the way, Nate Pearson. Looked like he was throwing hard, too. He's still you know, he's coming back from mono, and anybody who's had mono knows that it's just a matter of getting – It's a process. It's not a matter of getting your pitching strength back. It's a matter of getting just your human being, your human being strength back. I should mention, by the way, also I had a chance to talk to Ross Atkins before the game. Uh, we, we know that Teoscar Hernandez is expected to join – the team in Cleveland, according to Ross Atkins, Danny Jansen was is is a week behind Teoscar. So perhaps you could look for Danny Jansen rejoining the team, or at least going down uh, on on a rehab option, not at the end of this week, but perhaps to the middle of or the end of next week. And he did take batting practice today. It it, it looked to me like it looked to me like the batting practice you see a guy take when he's just coming back from an oblique injury. So Danny is about you know, a week and a, and, and a bit more behind. And, uh, and, you know, I could tell you that the Jays, you know, we talk about Alejandro Kirk got his first extra base hit of the year uh, tonight. Uh, th- they are aware that Alejandro Kirk's offense has suffered because they've basically, he's had to become the number one catcher. That was not in the cards. Clearly that was not in the cards. So uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, they, they like the work he's done behind the plate. But they are aware that it has probably affected him. Uh, it's probably affected him offensively. And that, you know, Kevin, I know you've mentioned it. Guys like Kirk, Kirk especially to me, Kirk and Chapman are fundamentally important to this team because those are the guys that make your lineup longer. Your top four is going to be good in your lineup. The guys that make it longer are those other guys. And, and they're critically important. So getting Alejandro Kirk's bat going again, is absolutely vital to this team. There's, oh, they have to have it. There's they, no they doubt have about to have it. it. They have to have it. When he's going good with the stride separation, the start and stop thing early in the season is very hard to to time up and, and catch up the breaking balls and high octane velocity. The word's out a little bit too. He doesn't like the elevated uh, heater, and that's what he's seeing a bunch of. And again, you add the lower half matched up to the adjustments that the league's made to him, and then you ask him to go out there and get pitchers through you know playoff games in april and and first of may is not the easiest thing to do for a kid he's a kid he came from a ball they're asking a ton from him and maybe right now he's just not capable of doing that i know personally i'd rather have danny jansen here catching four or five days a week have alejandro kirk catching one or two and hitting a ton yeah because he's more valuable for me doing things with the bat than he is defensively and I'm sure that's the way they're feeling too. Danny Jansen for me is one of those guys that can't get back soon enough. The game just looks different when he's back there, the way he catches, the way he, he calls the game, the way he acts behind the plate, the way everybody else acts when he's behind the plate for me looks a little bit different. Very quickly, Alec Manoa, we haven't spent a great deal of time talking about him because the game fell apart after he left 
284 is his ERA. It's the lowest ERA for any pitcher in the first 25 starts with the Blue Jays. And he's in with some, you know, he's in with the big names, some of the big names in this organization's this organization's pitching history. Again, there's not much more you can say about Alejandro Kirk. That those those at bats with Aaron Judge are epic. Uh, tip, you know, the old tip your cap. You tip your cap to Judge in that situation. Although I'm sure you're right. If Alec had a redo, I gotta think he would not have gone with three with three sliders. He wouldn't have. Scar- he wouldn't have done that. Scary about Manoa too. He's not a finished product. He, all of a sudden, yeah. if he starts getting a changeup that's got good arm speed, he's got good sync to it, and that mile per hour is, you know, instead of eighty seven, eighty eight, it's somewhere mm-hmm. in that eighty four range. Now you're talking about taking Sting out of bats, and you add that to that power sinker to righties, and you know. He does need to figure out some things against lefties. It just can't always be the sinker, elevated heater. When he doesn't have command of the fastball like he didn't have in the first inning, up against lefties, we know, he can every once in a while on a fastball count say, here it is, see if you can hit it because it's sneaky, it's got late giddy up to it, and it's deceptive, and he's a giant human, and he's got crossfire action. It's very hard to pick it up. He can most of the time get through it, but gets a tough left. You saw a couple of those. He had to work at it. And if he just refines a little bit more of that, and I do think the equalizer could be the changeup. If he masters the changeup with the fastball command that he's starting to get, after the first inning he found the fastball command. If he can continue to refine the fastball command and add the arm speed and get the location on the changeup and just take away a couple of miles an hour on that thing, Jeff, all of a sudden, he's got 82 miles an hour with the slider that he can do anything he wants to do. The high-octane fastball, the two different fastballs, he's eliminated a right-handed hitter, and now you can eliminate the left-handed hitter with a changeup. Man, that's some special stuff, boy. So as I said at the start of the show, the only thing to do is flush this puppy away. 9-1, the final, the New York Yankees beating the Blue Jays. The Yankees will win the series. They've won 11 in a row. They'll be up to Yusei Kikuchi tomorrow to prevent a series sweep. First pitches at 7.07 on Sportsnet, 590 Fan and Sportsnet. Mr. Barker and myself will be back for Blue Jays talk tomorrow night as well. And as always, Blair and Barker, 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan and Sportsnet 360. So, for all of us here at Blue Jays Baseball and Blue Jays Talk, Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.